Welcome to A Book at Breakfast. Over the next 12 months, we are going to share our breakfast and our tasting books with you. Why are we doing this? <laughs> Why are we doing this? <laughs> That's a legitimate <laughs> question. Why are we doing this? Certainly not for the audience, because <laughs> uh, at the moment there isn't one. I suppose um, if you're after an intellectual BBC Radio 4-style podcast about books where we're analysing the characters' intentions and the imagery, and this, this is, is not... definitely it. Not, oh, Ah, cross purposes here. Mm, okay. well, what could be more cerebral than breakfast? Well, very true, very true. And yeah. I'm sure we'll be talking about some uh, high high class books as well. You know, uh, there's Malcolm Hulk's uh, Doctor Who and the <laughs> Cave Monsters, uh, Terence Dix's Doctor Who and the Loch Ness Monster. I mean, real top shelf stuff. Was that uh, Death on Devil's Mountain Berlin fan fiction you bought me about the Cold War? That, that can, was... can you write fan fiction about the Cold War? I don't think it, that, does it... Is it somebody else's intellectual property? Look, as a woman married to the Berlin Wall, anything is possible. Anything is possible. <laughs> so, what was the first book that you remember reading? Well, to me, reading was a little bit of the dirty word when I was a child. Um, and I used to think that books were boring things that grown-ups read Um, in much the same way that I thought TV sitcoms were boring because I didn't understand any of the jokes but I really liked it when the adverts came on. My mum would probably um, disagree with me on this point because as a child my mum would say that uh, both me and my sister loved being read to and she used to love reading us the nonsense poetry of Edward Lear and um, she remembers me getting the book Madeline's Rescue uh, out of the library at school every week when we were waiting to start and uh, I used to be able to recite the start of it in a tall house in Paris all covered in vines lived 12 little girls in two straight lines oh I never read that oh well yeah a couple of years ago um, because it's a French book I was in Paris and I bought my mum the French version of it from an art gallery so it's a little bit of a special book but there was a sort of reading black spot, maybe, between about the age of four and seven. <laughs> Funnily enough, when I started school, who says that school <laughs> kills your enthusiasm for learning? But um, I was talking to someone the other day who is a writer, mm. and they were saying they hated Shakespeare. Oh, really? And I said, how, how can you hate Shakespeare? And she said, school. Ah, uh, right, okay. It's awful. I, I bet she rediscovers it. I really hope so. Mm. And I think some of the books we'll be covering... On this mm. podcast will be things that we did at school together. Oh, yes. Interesting to see how we felt about them then compared to how we read them now. Yes, definitely, with the benefit of hindsight. Yeah. But um, the actual first book I read, remember, the light bulb moment, if you will, was from school. And yeah. um, it was reading week and they told us all that we had to read <laughs> a book in a week. And I remember thinking, oh, God, I've got to read a boring book that boring adults read in a week. What breakfast but... did you have to eat? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I presume the two are inseparable. <laughs> Oddly enough, that wasn't part of the curriculum. I don't know why. What school did you go to? Oh, I know. A Catholic school. <laughs> um, that explains it all. Yes. Um, so I got The Witches by Raoul Dahl out from the school library and I remember sitting there by the hearth, because I used to sit cross-legged by the hearth in my house, oh. with a cup of tea on the mat, resting on the hearth, and the TV on in the background, but somehow I could concentrate on the book, which was a miracle, because this book completely held my attention, and I thought it was magical. I remember thinking, this is really mysterious and creepy and a little bit scary, and it really drew me in. 
I thought, well, books can actually be fun. Wow. I didn't realise that. So that was kind of the start of my journey with reading. How about you? Good question. Um, I, my parents both read to me lots. Uh, when I was really little, I remember things like, I loved Funny Bones oh. you know, in the Dark, Dark Town and the Dark, Dark Street. I, yes. I, you know, I can't remember it now, but I was talking to my mum the other day, actually, said, she said that I was a pain to teach to read because <laughs> well, I, I, knew can the, I knew the books off by heart. So I would sit there reciting them, trying to trick her that I could read, when really <laughs> I, was just, I was just repeating it from memory. Um, but I loved Funny Bones and I loved the, do you remember the gingerbread man oh yes man. um and you know when i was really really little and then enid blyton was i i loved i didn't read much famous five or secret seven i loved the magic faraway tree books oh, they were my books as a kid my mum read all those to me and those are the big the big standout memory for me of being a little bit older and properly enjoying a book it was read to me it was when my dad read me the hobbit oh. uh, that is just such a vivid oh memory and I my favourite character was Smog, and I remember I had a, an oversized levelers t-shirt that my dad bought for a gig <laughs> it was too big for him so I wore it as a night shirt and it had the picture of the devil on it but I thought it was a dragon so I would crawl around on the floor at my nan's house wearing this oversized <laughs> levelers t-shirt pretending to be Smog, pretending that I was curled up on, oh. uh, on top of a pile of uh, gold and in terms of reading for myself um, I'm trying to think what the first book I ever read was and I, I don't remember, but I know an early one, because I loved anything that was kind of macabre or spooky. Mm. And, um, that was Funny I, Bones doing that to you. Yeah, it was. And I had a book called Never Say Boo to a Ghost, and it was a collection of poems. Uh, and I would read that under the cover with a torch. Oh, and wow. it was, I knew all the poems off by heart, <laughs> especially the last poem... Uh, you know, it was something about my house is full of ghosts, but they don't scare me. And I remember I used to be giggle hysterically about one of the lyrics. At lyrics, one of the lines about there's a bogger in the bathroom having a pee, which I thought was incredibly rude. <laughs> of and like, oh, I can't believe that you're allowed to yeah. say this. You know, bogger in the bathroom having a pee. The house is full of ghosts, but they don't scare me. But at the end, it's but they don't scare. Mum, mum, ah! And then, of course, the person runs in terror. And and there was how how to build a monster. I can't remember. But I was obsessed with that book. Um, yeah, so everything I read as a kid was kind of a bit spooky, really. Or, um, and of course, Roald Dahl. So, yes, of course. Um, I think I was a bit older when I read The Witches, actually. But I remember my favourite Roald Dahl book was called The Giraffe, The Pelly and Me. Oh, yes. And it was about a, a boy who uh, inherits an old sweet shop. Yeah. It's called The Grubber. There was, there's, um, it's not there anymore, but there was a, a lovely old sweet shop on Whitegate Drive in Blackpool. Mm. And the logo was just the, the Cadbury's, you know, the, the milk glasses logo oh. the sign I don't know what it was called because the sign was just that picture and me and my mum used to call it the grubber <laughs> uh, and I loved uh, revolting rhymes and dirty beasts oh. and knew all those off by heart as well but the, the Cinderella one no mm. Cinderella so the Red Riding Hood one that, um, she whipped a pistol from mm. her knickers and all that like, <laughs> the versions of those fairy tales I have in my head are the Roald Dahl right, ones they were the okay. ones first but what's interesting because in the in the 90s in the early 90s when we were growing up and I don't. I think I kind of got this from my mum, but I was quite disdainful of like modern kids' books because they were all called things like my big mad underpants, and they had like yes. quite crudely drawn covers, like people trying to emulate Quentin Blake, mm. but without any of the warmth or heart or humour. And, and and it's telling that none of those books have really endured. I think the only 
books from the 90s that stuck with the Harry Potter ones, I, I guess. And Goosebumps. Oh, that's the 90s. Like, spoiled the, spoiled oh, the, yeah, right, that's what okay. I'm yeah. So for me, like, obviously Roald Dahl was still alive in the early 90s, but he was old then. Mm. I, I, so for me, authors were Tolkien, C- oh, C.S. Lewis, Sly and the Witch, oh, I love Bad Witch and Wardrobe. Yeah, they were probably the first books that I read on my own, come to think of it. The Narnia books. Mm. Um I had this gorgeous old box set that was my mum's in the oh. in the sixties. I still own it. Uh, it's got Mister Tomnus on the side. It's oh, it's gorgeous. But um, uh, yeah, so C.S. Lewis, Enid Blyton, Roald Dahl, Tolkien, and they, oh, they were all dead. As far or, <laughs> oh, I thought they were dead. Yeah, and I thought the books were from another time, and the authors mm. were from. And and then one day I was probably about ten, and I walked into Dewey Smith's in Cleveland's, and I saw Welcome to Dead House by R.L. Stein, oh. and that was a bit of a revelation for me because. Mm. At the end of the book, there'd be a snippet of the next one in the series yes. that was coming out next month. There's a man who's alive now who's writing books, and they're scary books. And it, it, that occurred to me, like, oh, maybe I could write books. It's oh. not, you know, it's not the preserve of, of, of the dead. Mm. It, it's not an, an old-fashioned thing. People are alive now and writing books, and that was it. I'd get my pocket money every week and go to Gladstone's Books in Cleveland's, where the man, uh, you know those little chocolate bars... It's like a segment of a dairy milk bar. Oh, yes, uh, I remember them. Uh, but it's wrapped up uh, like it's yes. a full size, like a doll's. Ch- oh. And every, every time, if you were a kid and you bought a book, he would give you a tiny oh. bar of chocolate. So I'd go, every Saturday, I'd go with my pocket money and buy a Goosebumps book and get a little <laughs> thing of chocolate, which isn't very uh, vegan friendly or environmentally friendly, all that packaging. <laughs> but when you're, you're, when you're nine or ten, it's magic. It's magical. Mm. And that. that Man, I think of his think of him as Mr. Carlton Hayes from Adrian Mole. Oh. I think he probably got a lot of kids reading. Yes, I imagine. So he sad did. that, it, that yeah. it's not there anymore. But um, yeah, I can't remember one specific book, but they were the big ones. I imagine a lot of this will probably be taken up by talking about our own uh, nostalgia and childhoods, and probably bookshops that we visited and people that introduced oh, us to certain books. And we should do an the influence they had on, on our bookshops. Life. Yes. Yeah. Bookshops at breakfast. Yeah. Anyway, we've taken mm. up enough of your time. Uh, because we're going to be taking up a lot more. Yes. So if Wait you like, until we get started. If you like nostalgia mm. and breakfast and books and irreverent humour... Mm. Listen in. See you in January. Should we mm. tell them what book we're doing? Yeah, I think we should. Come on, let's, let's okay. spoil it. My ultimate desert island book. Possibly mm. yours or one of yours. Too. Quite probably. Yeah. yeah. Our first book. The perfect book for the 1st of January, while you're all making your resolutions, is, of course, The Secret Diary of Adrian Mole, aged 13 and three quarters. I see Townsend. What we won't spoil is what the breakfast is going to be. That will remain a secret. Do you know? (laughs) See you in January. See you then.